What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast presented by House Enterprise. As always, I'm your host, Jared Magazine, your neighborly normal guy with a lazy eye here connecting with incredible guests who have incredible stories to tell. Apologies for the extreme delay on a brand new episode. Things have been kind of crazy over here. My number one recommendation, if you ever get into a car accident, just fight like heck with those insurance companies because they will talk your ear off. They will tell you a hundred ways of the same thing over and over again and basically take up all your time. But that has been consuming my life. Everyone is okay. Everyone is safe. So thank you. Um, but yeah, man, it's been it's been a crazy, crazy past few weeks. So finally, super excited to bring you guys this week's episode. This one has been in the making for quite some time. Mitchell Pelkey who is an incredible individual, a lacrosse player at The Ohio State University, and a very, very, very impressive content creator, joins today's show to talk all about how he has taken his passion and love for content creating and really have turned it into an evolution with respect to name, image, and likeness in the NCAA, but also bringing on his teammates and showing them the ropes and just showing his love and bringing laughter to people's lives. An incredible, incredible time here with Mitchell Pelkey. If you don't know him, um, now you will. He's an incredible individual. We talk all about uh, the Duke formal, so don't worry. If you know who I'm talking about, we will cover the important topics here. So without further ado, here is my brand new friend, Mitchell Pelkey. This is the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast, a true eye-opening experience. All right, when I tell you that my DMs were absolutely flooded when I shared the next guest on this podcast, you can believe me. I got to hype my man up here. Mitchell Pelkey joins the show today. Mitchell is a D1 lacrosse player at the Ohio State University. Mitchell oh. has had his skin in the game, uh, in the content game, for almost seven years now. And yeah. with NIL, my guy is making it work. You can also add a Duke formal attendee to the resume. But without further ado, Mitchell Pelkey, welcome to the show, man. How are you? Good, man. I just want to say thank you for that introduction. That fires me up. And uh, <laughs> thank you for the opportunity. I always love coming on here and talking to people. And I think uh, what you're doing here is awesome. So I'm excited to kind of dive deeper with you. Absolutely, man. First of all, thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule. D1 life ain't easy. We talked a little bit about the show. You know, we both come from D1 backgrounds. First scrimmage of the season is legit two days from when we're filming this. How are you guys feeling? Are you ready for the season to get going here? Yeah, I'm feeling great. Um, Team's feeling good. We're really excited for this year. I think last year was definitely tough with COVID. Yeah. We got tested every day. Couldn't see the guys. So it was just tough playing the sport without like having that connection with the guys off the field. But this year, totally back to normal. Excited to really get it going. Um, I actually got COVID uh, December 23rd. So I recently just started playing again. So uh, it's been good to get back out there with the guys, sweat it out and and grind it out. But I'm really excited. Like, it feels so good to be back. Yeah, absolutely. I got to say the COVID during Christmas, definitely good for your content. I know you got missed out on a Bahamas trip. So I apologize for that. But I I was in the same boat. I had it on the 28th. So I, yeah, yeah, I couldn't. Couldn't go skiing in uh, in Sundance, Utah, so it, it was it was, oh. a, it was a bummer. It was a bummer. But I gotta yeah, I gotta yeah, ask yeah. a question here, and it might get you fired up here. Uh, how mm-hmm. do we write the ship against Michigan? And I, I'm talking about in lacrosse. I, I know 
football has to deal with some demons right now. They're still Rose Bowl champs, but they did lose the game. All right. I was looking at the schedule. You guys beat Michigan twice last year. Yeah. Pretty, pretty handedly, especially in Michigan. That's where you scored your first, your first career goals. Yeah. But when it mattered in the big 10 championship tournament, what happened? How do we, are the boys like fired up about this year against Michigan? Like, I feel like this is, this has got to change. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, I mean, if we're going to be having this conversation, you can't be saying the M word like that. We say the sorry. team up North, the team. Up, um, sorry. Sorry. Now that we got that uh, cleared away. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, at Ohio state football, basketball, lacrosse, like it doesn't matter. Like that right. is everyone's goal uh, to yeah. beat the team up North. And we have a, like a uh, clock in our locker room. Um, that counts down the days of when we play them next. And I think the other day it was like 70 days. So probably around 65 days left until we play them again. And last year was tough. Like, like, like you said, beating them twice. And then in the playoffs, losing to them, just kind of send us home. Like no one, that's like a nightmare. Nobody ever wants that. And, and right. that will never happen again. And it's tough. I mean, we came, we came in there with a good scheme and I guess they had a better one. They played good. And it's, it's tough to beat three teams twice. That's actually what happened um, my junior year of high school. That's how we lost in the state championships because we lost to the same team at that third time. And, and we beat them uh, that first and second, but it's going to be different this year. And I'm just excited. Like the group of guys we got going um, this year, um, it's going to be awesome. So I can't wait to get back out there. Well, I wish you all the best of luck against the team Thank up you. North. I there think you, you guys go. got it. I think you guys got it. All right. So now that we've cleared the air there and <laughs> again, like I, I wasn't trying to grind any gears, you oh, know, I love that. but Hey, you know, I gotta ask, I gotta ask, right. Yeah. There's, there's nothing like the Ohio state Michigan rivalry in any sport. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's a tradition. Exactly. So mm-hmm. let's talk about growing up in the Pelkey household for a little bit. Your dad was a four time all American at UVA fourth all time in the scoring for the Cavaliers lacrosse team. So is it fair to say you were, you were born into the love of the sport? Yeah, no, I doubt. I, everyone I tell, like, how did I get into it? Like, it was from my dad. Came out of the womb playing lacrosse. Had to stick my hands so early. Um, and just learned everything I know about the sport today through him. I mean, obviously, you know, what an awesome opportunity to have an awesome, an amazing dad and, like, a dad that was a legend at the sport. Like, I can't ask for, 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 for kind of a better situation. Um, I think from my mom, like, she grew up not playing sports, but she kind of gave me the mental, the Italian um, side of it all, which I think definitely helps me in my game as well. But yeah, like I said, through my dad, just continuing to grow and ask him questions. And my brother also played D1. Um, so lacrosse is a huge part of my family. My dad never even let us trout and play baseball. So yeah. <laughs> is that like the rival sport to lacrosse? Is like, is yeah, it like, oh, yeah, my son like, either plays lacrosse like, or baseball? Yeah, yeah. Cause it's both spring sports and like, right. They both always kind of, uh, crash together but I mean I think it's fading now but back in the day it used to be bigger <laughs> I love it yeah my thing was I couldn't do any sport with a ball so that's uh, I tried them yeah. all and it never worked and lacrosse was like just coming up on the west coast where I grew up when I was like yeah. old enough to try it and I was like you know what my hand-eye coordination is already so bad it's just not for the best <laughs> yeah <laughs> but so um I, I gotta ask what made you choose Ohio state? And if you could kind of clear the air on this, you committed, if I remember correctly, just listening to some things earlier, you were committed in like 2015, right? Yeah. Yeah. So going back to then, uh, I graduated middle school, um, graduated, <laughs> graduated eighth middle yeah, it's school. Crazy, crazy. I know. So I graduated eighth grade and that summer between eighth grade and between middle school and high school is like the yeah. biggest summer back in the day, like that 
summer was the time to get recruited. So literally every weekend in the summer, I'd be going to Maryland, Philly, New York, and playing in these travel lacrosse tournaments. And there'd be like 20 to 30 college coaches lined up and like watching you. And it's so surreal that like that 15 year old or 14 year old, like had that amount of pressure, like even before he even touched high school's campus or could even drive a car, like looking back, (laughs) it's so crazy. Um, and uh, for me, I played well that summer and I got the opportunity to visit three schools, UVA, Hopkins and Ohio State. And I think Ohio State just had literally everything I was looking for in a school. I think lacrosse wise too. what coach, what uh, our coach Nick Myers has done with the program and what, can, what he continues to do um, and how he continues um, to make us a grow up into men. Like I, I, I honestly love that. And I think, you know, there's not one aspect of this school I can complain about. I truly do love it here. Like everyone asks me that, like if I'm, I'm pumping it up for the camera or not. Like, yeah, I yeah, love yeah. This place. And uh, yeah, I think Ohio State was like the best fit. And I still sometimes wake up and I look out the window. I'm like, wow, man, I'm so thankful that I'm here. But yeah, like looking back, still crazy. I committed at 15. Now the rules have changed a little bit, yeah. which is good. Right. Um, September 1st of your junior year, coaches can start looking at you, which is good. Kids are 17, 18. Yeah. So, um, but back in the day, man, it's still crazy to look back at it's insane that you have to make that big of a life decision before you can even get (laughs) behind the wheel of a car. Like, I mean, I'm sure, and I'm not going to say this was for you, but there's definitely instances where lacrosse kids are like, did I really make the right decision by the time they're a sophomore, junior, senior in high school? Cause I mean, I was, yeah, to my, to, to the same point as you, like I wasn't allowed to talk to college coaches till uh, July 1st of going into my senior year so like that's like i mean you know officially right but like that's the that's the insane part of of college lacrosse that were those back in the day days when like middle schoolers were like waltzing around college campuses like yep i'm gonna go here yeah and it was like a decommitting was a common thing uh, in my era because like you commit at 14 and then by the time you're 17 or 18 you're like dude i don't even i'm not even interested in why i committed to that school anymore like let me decommit so Right. I think now the rules change. Like that's definitely good. People are older. People know what they're into. Um, right. But it's still crazy to look back at. Absolutely. So I got to ask about another Ohio State tradition here. Yeah. The, the Buckeye sticker. Like the football team, you guys also put Buckeye stickers on your helmet. What, what kind of merits a, a sticker? How do, you, how do you earn your Buckeye sticker on the helmet? Yeah, so we actually go. It's nothing personal, but it's all team-led. So after the game um, – uh, the next day, we usually go into the film room and we talk about like our keys to victory. Uh, it's different things from the offensive side to the goalkeeper side to like, the defensive side. And if we check all those boxes or check however, however many we check, let's say we check five, we get five Buckeyes on our helmet. So kind of a cool, obviously like a sick tradition. And that's kind of how we do it on the lacrosse team. But mm-hmm. here at Ohio State, like, nothing is ever like player led. Like it's all, we're all one. Like we, not me is like our motto. And everyone's just like humble warriors and everything. So I think like the, the way we do the Buckeyes are, are so much different than I think a couple other teams here, but I, I love the way we do them. Yeah. I mean, I got to say Ohio state is, is, it's gotta be the OG of the, the sticker helmets. I mean, there's definitely some imposters out there, you know, you yeah. know, Georgia has the the bones on the helmet. Then you got like Clemson just does like straight dots. I don't, I, it doesn't make sense. And they're so tiny, yeah. you know, but I remember <laughs> this is so stupid, but I remember playing NCAA 14 on the Xbox. Yeah. I always used to choose Ohio state. Cause I always wanted to see how many Buckeye stickers are my players going to get, you know? And like yeah. who decides that? But <laughs> like, it was always yeah. just so funny to me, but yeah, dude, like I was actually out to dinner with my friend whose dad 
go uh, either went to Ohio State or just from Ohio, and he still carries every day Buckeyes in his pocket. It's insane. Really? Insane. We, I don't, uh, know, we I don't actually, know if you're going to be doing that, but. <laughs> we, uh, I'll show you this real quick. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, when Ohio State football beats uh, the team up north, they get these things called like golden pants, and we get these things called uh, the golden Buckeye leaves. So they Ooh. look like that, which are pretty cool. And then like on the back, they have like this score and everything. That's awesome. Yeah, so pretty cool. A uh, little little side note there when you're talking about the Buckeye leaves, I thought of that, but that's that's like something like I'm gonna cherish forever. Like put that in the safe because that like means so much to me. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So let's let's kind of switch gears here. I'm not as as avid in lacrosse as as maybe some of the other podcasts yeah. that you've been on. So let's talk a little bit about the content game here. You've been doing this for quite some time. You've been on YouTube for about six years now, obviously growing and big on TikTok. You've lived rent free on my for you page for quite some time now. You've done some podcasting, virtually everything content under the sun. When did you decide to be like, hey, on top of trying to become a D1 athlete, I will also want to do all this, too. Yeah, so like you said, I, I've been making content ever since March for March 5th, 2016. That was my first video went live. Um, and I'd say like in the back of my mind, like that was definitely the goal, but like I would never say that to the public. Like, I was definitely too scared. Um, and I think I when I really like wanted to do this, like could actually tell people like out in public, like, yeah, I, I want to make YouTube videos for a living. Like I think it was right around my senior year or even during COVID, like I've always been like making videos and it was like, so like a hobby to the public, but deep down, I was like, dude, I love this. Um, and I think I actually, I think like the real, you know, reason how it happened was I obviously made videos from my freshman year to my senior year of high school, got to Ohio state. And I told myself, I was like, look, like I've actually want to play here, get good grades and like enjoy the college experience for the first semester. Like I don't really want to post any videos. Like mm-hmm. I just want to really focus you know, what's at hand, you know, being a college athlete, like it's a right. stressful lifestyle. Right. Um, so I didn't make any videos. And I just remember through that whole semester, like having this itch inside me. And I was like, dude, I need to create, like, I, I need this, it's like a drug to me, like not even the views and the likes and all that, but like just the creative process. Like I love that. Yeah. Um, so go back home for winter break, come back to school, COVID happens. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna be home for the next, how, whoever knows how many months, like I got to start this channel back up again. So started making videos and just really haven't stopped from there and just continued to like make videos with other people, start collabing more. Obviously now with name, image, and likeness, being able to get a brand behind, you know, the videos I do and everything. But I think now with name, image, and likeness as well, definitely makes it more like normalized to say like you're a college athlete and like you do YouTube and, and yeah. create content, social media as a full-time you know gig. Cause that's truly what I'm doing here. Yeah. I don't like shy away from anymore. When people ask like, what do I want to do after college? I'm, I, I say, I, I want to create YouTube videos. And I think to the public eye too, like it's definitely not looked at anymore. Like you want to create videos on YouTube. People are like, right. Oh, I love that. Like I've seen yeah. that all the time. Like that's awesome. So exactly. it's definitely weird how it's changed, but I think a lot of it, a lot of the growth, a lot of the growth of my channel, I think comes back to me like being more aware that like, all right, I'm doing this. Like I'm, I'm putting all my percent, hundred percent into what I'm doing and it's going to pay off. Cause if you have that mindset of like, it's still a hobby, it's never going to be anything. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, you bring up such a good point. Cause I remember like when I was in middle school and we're not that far apart, we're like four, four years apart, whatever. But like th- there was that time in society where creating a YouTube channel was like the, like 
the weird thing to do you know yeah, like it, it was like i don't want to say it was frowned upon but it was like oh really like that's what you want to do like there's because it yeah. wasn't backed behind brands it wasn't backed behind you know the 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 appeal to monetize this so i just remember like i was like i do want to do something like that but it was just such a such a frowned upon thing and then boom i don't know if i don't think it was all name image and likeness but definitely from the student athletes perspective but something in society clicked where they're like no this can be a full-time industry it's insane it's insane i think it's always been like that i I got even big shout to destroying i don't know if you know who that is um but he he definitely made this all possible and I knew that happened my sophomore year of high school, the whole him playing, uh, him being a kicker, UCF football and him getting in trouble for having a YouTube channel. And I knew that happened when I was 16. And so I knew like by the time I was in college, like the rule would get passed. So I just continued to make videos. But at the end of the day, like I, I, I can say without a doubt, like I would be creating content if the money was not involved. I love it. I'm, I missed it by one year and yeah. I went back and visited my coach like just recently and he like because he's just he's still trying to wrap his head around all this but he was like jared if you if this was here when you had it like you would have you would have been you would have never done your schoolwork and i was like oh i would have done my schoolwork but but yeah, yeah. you're right you're right <laughs> uh, truth. but so how big of a role now did your mom play in getting you started in all this because i watched yeah, that second yeah. video on your channel and it cracks me up you yeah. were not a fan of the camera i don't know if that was an act but you did not like it at all yeah well yeah i'm I'm really glad you said that because like i grew up my whole lifestyle was literally lacrosse like that's all i did you know i played basketball but it wasn't my thing like it was lax 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 every single day my mom growing up always told me like you got to have another hobby like no girl's gonna want to date you if all you talk about is lacrosse or like you're never gonna have a real job just playing mm-hmm. lacrosse, which I think now it, it is not true. But she always <laughs> told me that, and I was like, I had this passion growing up so long about YouTube. I never told anyone because I was just so afraid of what people would think. And uh, I finally told her that, and she was like, "Do it! Like you sit around here and watch all these people vlog about their life." And back yes. in 15, 16, vlogging was literally like you holding up this janky camera and just going to play. It's so like looking back, it was like such brutal content, but I like was so amused by it. And I loved it. And she was like, you, you, I remember her saying this, she was like, you're sitting around here watching all these people live these boring lives. Like you have such an amazing life. Like you should vlog. Mm-hmm. And I was so scared of like, oh, what people are going to say, like, it's so embarrassing holding up a camera and talking to it in public. And that's actually how that uh, Jolyn is always recording video started was that she was like trying to show me like how easy it is to record in public. Uh-huh. And like, she would follow me around the camera. Like I skate all pissed off and everything. But at the end of the day, like she's the real one that really made me start this whole thing um, and go, but she definitely had a, a big, um, big emphasis on it. My dad, like nowadays is like just getting into social media. Like, like when I first started making YouTube videos, he would always call my videos like YouTube. He's like, so what YouTubes are you working on today? I'm like, <laughs> so it's funny how like crazy it's came. And I think yeah. it, NILs definitely emphasize it to my parents too that like all right this is Mitchell just messing around like this could maybe be his future so that's good too Mm -hmm. absolutely so I want to touch on that for a second because you know July 1st 2021 comes around and the NCAA drops name image and likeness and the the ability to get paid on 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 your name image and likeness it's there's no like there's no real red tape there but yeah it's it was kind of I mean it's been talked about for years you talked you touched on the kicker at UCF it's been argued for years 
by fans, by players, whatnot. But boom, they just drop this and like really with no like game plans, with no like here's how to get started. It's like it's up on it's up to you. And now yeah. for someone who's been building content for years leading up to this, did you like go like, all right, now the game's begun. Here's my game plan. Here's what I want to do. Or were you kind of like everyone else where they're like, okay, this is great, but how do I get started? What who, who do I go to contact, etc.? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. And I think too, like going back to my high school years, like when I created content, like I was a YouTuber, like I sold right. merch, like um, I was making money off my YouTube videos, didn't do any brand deals, but was still like making good money with merch in AdSense and all that. But I knew in the back of my head, like, all right, this is only going to last forever. Like I never had a website or anything like that. Cause I didn't want to get too structured with it. Cause I knew in a year or two, like I would have to turn it all off when I got to a higher state. Right. Um, so sold the merch did all that in high school. And as soon as I stepped on campus, I had to demonetize all my videos and stop selling merchandise because at the time we couldn't make any money. Um, so it was actually supposed to get announced my freshman year, I'm pretty sure. But then it got pushed back because of COVID. Right. And then all that. And it ends up being July 1st, 2021, as we know. But in the back of my head, like I knew this was going to be a huge deal. The only part I was a little suspect about was if brands we're going to really hop on the wave early. Like I truly mm. didn't think brands would have as early because it is still kind of like a gray area and, and, and brands that are bringing millions and millions of dollars. Like it kind of like sketchy for them to hop in here. But as soon as July 1st hit, like I, I still remember, you know, in June that, that night before, like I couldn't sleep because I was so excited. Um, and I remember waking up at like 4am and already getting DMS from a couple companies. Um, which is still surreal to think about. Yeah. But like even on July one, I still remember the Cavender twins there in like uh, Times Square and Boost Mobile put something on like one of the Times Square uh, big boards, and I'm like, all right, this is this is the real deal. So I think for us creators as student athletes, we were ready, but it just took time for brands because I don't really think brands knew it was going to be that big. Yeah, I I completely agree, and I do think credit to them maybe a little bit, but Barstool kind of just jumping in and saying like, "Come sign to me and be a Barstool athlete." That kind of like was like telling brands like maybe maybe they didn't think they were going to help other brands kind of open their eyes a little bit, but I did think that kind of like catalyzed brands to be like, "Okay, this seems a little bit easier than I think we're trying to make this out to be." Like athletes can now put their name and image and likeness to our brand we can make money from them they can make money from us like it's it's yeah. not that hard to comprehend it seems it seems so hard for them but it's really not yeah i think the hard part is you know the nca was just like yeah you guys can make money but then the school was each school has their own rules basically yep. so yeah. that's kind of the tough part um and we'll see where that lands in the future but i think you know schools I think you see, honestly, you see the biggest difference and see kind of the biggest like gray area with football and basketball. Obviously, those sports are going to make the most money. Yeah. It, it changes up the, the transfer portal. On, yeah, on we're going to touch on that in a second. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I think like it, it'll be interesting to see where it all is in a year or two. Mm-hmm. absolutely did you have teammates come to you and being like hey like i know you're really good at the content thing i'm i don't have any content can you help me out here like was there a lot of like guys and even like maybe at other schools like high school teammates or whatnot being like hey how do i even get started with all of this did i have any teammates you said yeah 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 oh um yeah i had a couple i think at the end of the day kind of going back to that like if you're playing a sport that like like lacrosse doesn't really get a lot of like fan interactions yeah like you're really not going to make a lot of money unless you're in a position that I am that I actually create content. 
Right. So a couple of guys reached out just to kind of get um, some free food or some free merch. And I helped them out in that way. But I feel like in a sport like us, where we're already not getting a lot of eyeballs, like you're really putting this small box uh, of what you can and can't do. Um, and they all knew that too. I mean, lax guys are lax guys and they're never going to be like, Oh, I don't like Pelkey because he makes some money <laughs> off his name, image and likeness. Like that's, that's definitely not the case, but right. Definitely know where it's coming from. You know, yeah. I'm putting in the hours editing and everything and I'm reaping the rewards. So they definitely realize that. Absolutely. Now let's, let's address that elephant in the room though. You touched on it just a quick second ago, just between the bigger revenue generating sports of football, basketball, right? A lot of people are going to say it's unfair, right? It's unfair that a quarterback at Ohio State can make way more money than an attack player on the lacrosse team at Ohio State. Would you agree with that? And, and yes. I mean, I, yeah, I, I mean, that's that's the easiest that's the easiest yes or no question. But how do we just kind of be like, guys, there may be a, a glass ceiling to this, but we wanted to play. Let's like let's not forget we wanted to play lacrosse at Ohio State first. Yeah. Right. We didn't come here to be football businessmen or, you know what I mean? So like, how do you kind of just like get into your own head and be like, remember, it's the love of the sport first. Yeah. Well, I think at the end of the day, like, you know, you look at the football and basketball here, like they're bringing millions of dollars. Right. You know, you CJ Stroud, the starting quarterback this past year, like he almost led our team to like the playoffs and like for him not to reap the reward from that, like um, from a compensation standpoint, like, he definitely should. And I think at right. the end of the day, like any sport, it doesn't matter what it is. If more fans come and more money's in that sport, you're going to get paid more. That's just how, how it is. And I think like looking at my case in lacrosse and being a college athlete to looking at the, at the pro lacrosse um, league, the PLL, like the more money those players are going to make is not based on the league. It's based on how many people attend. And I think, you know, you look at the NFL, I mean, you look at soccer, look at Messi, those guys are making zillions of dollars because so many people watch and i think right. that's how it should go and i think like there's definitely no argument there i think like more people that watch the more money you're going to make i completely agree i think it was kind of viewed like it was an unfair advantage and i think we had to take a step back and be like well wait a minute let's remember how much revenue ohio state's football team is bringing into their yeah. school bringing into the state of ohio period yeah. right i mean like and then let's also talk about like you know well, you know, back when you were a kid, you could have played football. I mean, you know, if, you know, I'm only six feet, you know, I, at the end of the day, I maybe can't play football, but you know, yeah. it's, you go back to like, well, did you want to play a sport in college? Did you want to play your sport in college? Like, let's not like talk contracts about millions and billions of dollars. Let's just yeah. talk about the love of the sport. So, but do you think like, if we're talking about stepping into the coach's shoes for a second, maybe even going to like a football program, do you think NIL has made it very, very hard? for colleges to recruit yeah I, th I think so too like now with the rule where you know you, you have you don't have to sit out a year after you transfer and now you're seeing these other schools where these donors are are paying players to come and I think that's where it kind of gets a little shade not shady but it kind of like blurs the lines of like college football because mm -hmm. now it's like all right I'm the best in the class you know who can offer me the most so I can play my three years and then go get even more money. And yep. like that, you know, I feel like we're just losing a little bit of tradition there. Yep. Cause I feel like instead of people, you know, going to play here or like Alabama, these legendary schools are going to go to these smaller schools that pay them more. And at the end of the day, their careers will go whichever way they paint out. But I think like we just lose some sense of like tradition, I think with college football. Um, 
so that's why I feel like some things in that area are going to change because I feel like I don't really know if that's necessarily the way NIL was planned to be. No. Yeah, I was going to say, I would even say like the hometown tradition, like, you know, you, you have a lot of players that grow up in, in Alabama or grow up in Tennessee and they go play for the Vols or they go play for the Tide. But like if, heck, if Berkeley is like, hey, here's your million dollar NIL contract, come on over. They're going to be like, yep, next question. You know, yeah. like, I think like the playing time thing has also kind of just gone out the window. It's like, who could, like, if I can get, you know, my six figures before I get a college degree why the heck not? You know what I mean? So, but it, it, it definitely is, it's going to be a revolving door, I think. And it's going to keep continue to change a little bit here. So we'll see how NIL kind of evolves. Yeah. You know, I, the only NIL or NLI I used to know was just national letter of intent. So yeah. I, feel, I feel kind of old talking to you, but I yeah. mean, I, I'm telling yeah. you, man, if I had this content thing, I would have been on top of it, but anyway, yeah, so, no, I love that. So let's let's change back to to the content here. On top of all the content that you're creating, I feel like you are also an honorary team captain of the track and field team at Duke University. Uh, <laughs> for those that haven't seen it yet, Emily Cole, a track and field athlete at Duke, went to TikTok to find herself a date to the formal to which our guest here, Mitchell, graciously applied. The TikTok fans flooded the comments, and shortly thereafter, Emily and Mitchell were headed to formal together. My first question, after you decided to throw your hat in the ring did you think it would blow up to to i guess hindsight now what it is (laughs) no doubt absolutely not like i I was literally at this desk right here i was what i usually do is i scroll through tiktoks to kind of get ideas for the day and then film them and yeah i remember i saw hers for like the first time like that was the first time i ever saw emily or or any of her content um and i saw it and i was like why not like (laughs) just let's make something funny shoot our shot and let's make another one and let's just continue to go. So I remember I made it next morning. I woke up, it did. Okay. It did like 50,000 views, which was like better than normal, but like mm-hmm. nothing viral. And then just like continued to get more and more and more. And then, you know, to what it is now, it's crazy to look back on, but still an awesome like experience. I'm so glad I did it. Um, but I just knew like in the back of my mind, like that sort of content is me like popping jokes, talking yeah. about mustache. Like that was the best line in that whole video. Yeah. <laughs> So, but yeah, I think like it was definitely surreal experience, but definitely I didn't think of how much, how viral it would have got. Yeah. I mean, I mean, so you're seeing this video get more and more views and and like, you know, people are commenting on her page and tagging you and and people are obviously, you know, commenting on yours and all of this where at one point where you're like, okay, shoot, like this is blowing up. And like, I might have to drive seven plus hours to go see, you know, go do a formal with someone I've never even met. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't really like, I told her this the other day and it's, it seriously doesn't sound that crazy to me until like I tell somebody or somebody like explains it back to me. Yeah, exactly. But, like, um, so yeah, it all happens. We end up FaceTiming over like Thanksgiving and I was like, let's make this happen. Like be fun. Like, you know, we're not getting married or anything, but right. like, well, <laughs> TikTok might have something to say about that, but we'll get but, to that. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, let's just go down there, like have yeah. fun, make a couple of videos and it would be fun to like get yeah. to know each other. And we like, started talking a lot um, and everything. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was a fun experience. Looking back, like I would have been more pissed if I didn't do it. And I, that yeah. was kind of the thing I always look back on. Like you have a once in a lifetime opportunity. Like I remember growing up and seeing like, all these superstars like 
like I remember like these these no name guys around the world would be like at so and so like how many likes or retweets would it yeah. be for you to come to like prom or homecoming with me and it's kind of a similar situation so I was like why not like at the end of the day if it goes terribly wrong you got more content and if it goes awesome you got content and it also like an experience I think that's what it's all about and I, I met Emily through this whole thing and it's been a, another you know person I've met through having this this content persona mm-hmm. absolutely no I always remember that um that kid in high school who like got dumped the week before or said he did and then he asked Juju Smith-Schuster to come to his to his yeah. prom and they have like the matching suits like that's like that was like the perfect one I remember that back in the day but I mean Last question here, because I, I, I don't want to draw this out. I know you have to address some things on your Sunday live with Emily, but how did you forget your suit, man? How did I, you forget your I suit? Know. It's literally, it's in that closet right there. <laughs> and um, like whatever I said in the video, like it's true. Like I remember I was taking my two roommates to class. I was fumbling, getting out of the door. Like I was trying to go so quick because I didn't want to hit traffic there. And then I'm like four hours in and like, that's literally how it happened. I went to go upload the TikTok of like, am I going to wear a white or black button down suit? And I got to thinking, I was like, oh my God, like I forgot my suit going to the Duke. Form. I know it's like looking back is so dumb, but I think like at the end of the day, like it made a lot, you know, more, you know, it was fun in the video. Yeah. <laughs> but like looking back, like, you know, I had to go drop like seven, $800 on a whole new suit and shoes and everything. And like, that side wasn't fun, but I think at the end of the day, like, you know, it's a funny story I can tell for the rest of my life. And now you got two suits. There you yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. I love it. I love it. So, all right. So obviously this kind of made you bigger on TikTok than you already were. It's it's the, clearly the chronicle of Emily and Mitchell hasn't ended yet. Maybe unfortunately, or maybe just, it's just, it's just funny to see that this isn't, it's just never going to leave you alone, I think. But yeah. There's, there is another student athlete on Ohio State's campus that has a lot of social media presence. So I got to ask you to settle the debate. Who has the most clout at Ohio State right now? Is it you or Jimmy Sotos? It's probably Jimmy, without a doubt. You know why? You know why, dude? It's because he committed and got the leg tat. If you, if you had some leg tat. (laughs) He's he's tall though. Like I'm five, nine. He's like six, three. Yeah. Girls like taller dudes. That's it. I guess, man, I guess, but, <laughs> no, but he's a great guy. Like we, yeah. we've made a couple of videos together before. Um, obviously he's big into the content game, Yeah. Um, but he's like a down to earth guy. And I think, you know, guys want to be him. Girls love him. <laughs> do you think, yeah. Do you think there is like some gel? Like, I mean, the comment section on his videos and even sometimes in your videos can get a little ridiculous from some guys. Like, I, I think it's all jealousy. Cause I'm just like, if you want to just hide behind a screen and say some crap like that, I mean, come yeah. on. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, I don't really got hate comments. Like it, it doesn't really register with me. Like I don't, I've never, you know, like typed out a hate comment. I don't no, really right. know why people do. I like feel bad for them, but like, I mean, if you have that much like stuff going wrong with your life and you're going to like, put a hate comment on, like, I'll, I'm going to pray for you. Like, I feel like that isn't right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, obviously the, the more fame you get, I mean, Jimmy, Jimmy's got like a million on TikTok, like the more haters you're going to get. It's just the way the whole social media works. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So on top of this, right. So your second semester junior, we talked about that, you know, you're, you're going on to your, your season starts literally this weekend. So again, thank you for, uh, for grabbing some time here. Absolutely. When, it, when it's time to hang up the sticks and you said you want to, you want to stay in the content game. 
what's kind of the 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 vision? I mean, you know, creating videos is is a great path, but is there like a, a dream job or an end goal or something that you see in sight after all of this? Yeah, I mean, I think still continuing to create content. Like if if the PLL, the, the Premier Lacrosse League, that's like the professional lacrosse league right. out now. If, if that's an opportunity to play for a couple of years, would definitely take that. If not, you know, still continue to do what I, do what I'm doing now, and that's create content. I, I truly don't know what type of genre and niche that looks like yet, but I I can tell you right now, I will be creating content on the internet for a lot more years. Um, and yeah, I think over time I'll find that genre and niche, but right now I, I I really don't know what it is yet. You know, it's it's funny you said like trying to find the genre or niche. I think for videos that you've posted right like you you have your lax following and and they're and they're pretty they're pretty tight to the core i mean you just you had your wall ball routine on youtube recently i think what's interesting about your content is like i'll still sit through your lax videos like i like them i think you have the personality that where i'm like i don't know enough about lacrosse to you know to be yeah, candid here care, to really yeah. care about a wall ball routine yeah. But it's like you you make it fun. You make it interesting. You make me want to learn about it. But the thing that I think like when people say like genre or niche, like we talked about this a little bit earlier, like you you had done that podcast where you're talking a little bit more about specifically college lacrosse and that can get very tiring and niche. You know, like if I did this podcast and I talked about college swimming for the whole time, I would hate college swimming at the end of the day. Like I would just, I would just hate it. So I think the thing about a niche or genre is like, your niche is you. I've said this on this show a couple of times. Like it doesn't matter how you put the video out, what your video is speaking to. Like people are going to come back for you, right? Like I've had 70 different guests on the show. I'm hoping that people are coming back to listen to me and the guests. You know what I mean? So I think with content, like people need to stop thinking of it. Like I have to only attract one audience, especially for growth and stuff. Like that's not going to, you're going to tap out eventually. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I think you're so right. And it's definitely a question I kind of stress about because at the end of the day, like every YouTuber says you got to have a niche and like, you know, you look at MKBHD, like literally the best tech YouTuber out there. Like he's a nerd. He said he's a nerd and he loves talking tech. So like that niche for him is like perfect. Right. And like for me right now, like there's not one thing I can talk about for the rest of my life that I would not get tired about. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, I think it's just like, going back to my core values and me as a person and just continuing to like give out energy and, and my personality and into whatever, you know, this or that video topic or genre is. And I think at the end of the day, God's got a plan and it'll all work out. Absolutely. I think it's the authenticity that, that succeeds 10 times out of 10, mm-hmm. you know, like people, people can make crazy videos and, it, and it'll stick and it'll go viral or whatever, but the people that come back are people that are coming back for your authenticity and yeah. the, like what you were bringing to, you know, I mean, let's be honest, let's call a YouTube video what it is. Like people are spending five, 10, 15 minutes with you and then they're going to go about their day. Yeah. But what's going to get them to come back to the next 15, 10, 15 minute video is that, Hey, remember how Mitchell was kind of authentic, was really authentic in that video. Or like, I really liked that. He said this, this, and this. So they'll come back for the next Tuesday video. Or you know what I mean? I, I think it's the authenticity that really sticks with people. Yeah. And I think like um, I've realized and and you've probably already realized or will soon realize, like, especially in this content game, like there's a lot of fake people out there that just kind of like want to use you or, or kind of get something out of you for, for the subscribers or followers and everything. And I think the one like true thing is like, I always appreciate like when I sit down with somebody and have a good conversation with them, that is a like, truly 
you know, into this, like, cause they care and like, they, they care about you as a person and it's yeah. not, I'm trying to get something out of you. Um, and I think that just goes back to me. Like, I'm never going to be a fake person, like doing it from you. It's like, if I'm doing it, like, I, I love it. Like whatever I'm talking about, like I'm truly like saying, yeah. and, um, I don't, know, I think like that goes a long way. And I think people can fan, fans and viewers can really pick that out of somebody when they're watching their content. Absolutely. I it's it's actually funny you bring that up because literally last week on this show we we had the guests and we were talking about how when I'm talking about something that I'm passionate about I have to move away from monetizing it for a second. Because when you think about content in today's world, it's almost instantly someone's going to ask you, "Well, how are you are you monetizing it? How are you how are you earning money towards it? Are you doing it full time?" And it can make you really quickly lose the passion for it. Because, you know, like if I'm out here putting out these podcasts and then being like, all right, I got to get a deal with so-and-so. I got to get bird dogs. I got to get Lulu. I got to get like, uh, you know, like who Manscaped is on. I mean, they did, they did this podcast, so I'm not going to throw shade, but like, you know, everyone's got a Manscaped ad. You know what I mean? So it's like, am I spending my time trying to find really fun, exciting, eager guests to come on this show and have great conversations? Or am I sliding into every brand that has a blue check marks DM saying like, Hey, can I pr- promote your product on my show for, for, you know, SCPM or something like that? That's yeah. not what you want to talk about. You want to talk to cool exactly. people. And I and think so- like you bring up a great point there. Like at the end of the day, you know, obviously through NIL, like business deals will come up, companies, brands will all come and go. But at the end of, at the end of the day, and, and what I truly like base my, myself off and my platform is you know the content's got to come first like yeah. this brand wants to hop off for this amount of money or send me this product like i don't care like the next video up is, is the thing that will always matter them and i think if 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 you truly stay in that path like that you know you got your you got your shit in order and i think yeah. like that's so important because like at the end of the day content is going to drive everything like if your podcast stinks like it's never going <laughs> to drive anything like Good podcasts that continue to go upward will attract the brands with them not even having to reach out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. No, I mean, it, it's, it's always so funny. Like I, you could like, I, I mean, some of the bigger podcasts now, even a day is like have just like five, six, seven ad reads and you're like, Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I have to skip them sometimes. Like sometimes I'm like, huh. Oh, 15% off. Sure. All right. I'll bite, you know, like, Oh, Muggsy jeans can use a new pair whatever, you know, but yeah. I, there's some days where I'm just like, Oh my gosh, hit that, hit that skip 30 seconds for a couple of seconds and yeah. you're good to go. <laughs> exactly. But all right, man. So we've gotten to the point of the show. We started this with last week's uh, episode where I, you have done a very good job answering all of my questions. You've stuck through it all. Now it is time for you to ask me any question that you want. It can be a question you've always asked people that you get to meet for the first time. It can be a question you're dying to know. I, I don't know how, what you'd be dying to know about me, but here's your time, Mitchell Pelkey. You can ask me anything. All right, so I got two questions. Ooh. And I think the first okay. one, I, I truly like, I truly want to hear growing up lazy eye. Like what was that like? And how did you deal with that? Growing up with a lazy eye. Sorry, you cut out there for a second, but just what, what it was yeah, like. Growing so up with a lazy said, eye. Yeah. What was a, what was it like growing up with a lazy eye and how did you kind of deal with that? If you got hate or any, or, or anything in that kind of genre? Yeah. Great question. I love this question. I get, I get it asked probably the most from, listeners of this show really okay yeah growing up with anyone asked that in my position no 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 one's asked that no no one's asked that in your position but i get a lot of people in my dms 
saying like, how are you so confident about your lazy eye? How, yeah. like, how did you, like, how did you become so confident about it? I think, so to, 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 it's a, a little bit of a two-parter here. Yes, I did get a lot of bullies from the lazy eye. It, it, it's just, it's just bound to happen because it's yeah. different, right? I mean, on the, on the playground at school, if you're, if you have something that's different, people are just going to call it yeah. out. It's, it's absolutely, just, it's just a no doubt. But I think the way that I kind of write the ship on that was I always turned to comedy whenever I was uncomfortable. You know, any point in my life, if I was uncomfortable, I'd, I'd make a weird joke or just something to like get people to laugh, get me to laugh, whatever. So I found it that instead to get people to laugh at you for something, laugh with people. So I made it like my life mission to have the funnier lazy eye jokes when people would say, you know, like, let's be honest, a kind of corny or stupid lazy eye joke. Like, oh, where are you looking? I'd be like, well, you know, like my eyes in a different area code. So you got to call it a little bit back here. So sorry. You know, yeah, or just like silly things. Good like idea. That. But it was ins- what was insane was it carried more even to college. Every time I met new people, I'd have to explain that I had a lazy eye. And that, that just became customary. But like I almost got expelled in school from the lazy eye it, like it just it just became a part of me and i was yeah. like now i can't have my identity without it in a weird silly way so that's how it's kind of evolved and we put it on a podcast so here we go oh, i think that's good too because i think like if you're if you're in your position and you try to shy away from something that like everybody's gonna notice you're on you're you're hurting yourself even more i feel yeah exactly and i think at the end of the day too, by, by, you know, people making fun of you, but then you responding in that way, it's kind of like, Oh, like this guy embraces it. Like people love that even more. Like if they see you kind of, uh, you know, coop up in a little ball, like, yeah, it's just like a different, it's just, it's just different. So I think like, I really respect that too. Cause like, um, I had a guy on my lacrosse team in high school, have a lazy eye and you just kind of always hear different things said to him. It's just like, you feel so bad. So I honestly wanted to, hear how you kind of cope with it and everything um off the top of my head is there any sort of like surgery or anything like that or no yeah so it's it's all part of my story there is a surgery that you can get to fix your lazy eye in fact i did i did a quick tiktok the other day because like some doctor was putting out like like it's proven that people with lazy eyes don't do well in job interviews and it's proven that they don't get promotions or second dates and i was like this is a doctor promote like wanting you to come in and get the surgery from that and i was like or it could be unique and that's what actually excels you in an interview process. And, and yeah. honestly, that's what got me my job. I think, well, I think I was pretty, I was pretty qualified, but I, yeah. I, I humanize people when right away, you know, like I make a quick joke cause it is awkward. Staring at me is awkward. Cause you don't know if I'm looking at you. I try, you know, I can focus one eye on you, but the, like they'll switch. They'll do the, I mean, they have a mind of their own. But so to answer your question, there is a surgery. It's it's strabismus surgery. And it's as if my eye muscle is like a shoelace. It's very nimbly bimbly, kind of goes how it wants to go, right? Yours is like a rubber band where, you know, it only goes when it's pulled and it's only going as as it's directed. Yeah. To fix it, they can go into the eye and tie a virtually a knot to that muscle to tighten it. And it can't correct it 100 but it can bring it it can rein it back in as the saying goes and it was so funny when i was going through this pre-op procedure they're like your peripheral won't be as good i was like oh you mean i can't see behind my head and they're like your driving might be different and i was like okay like whatever but uh to make a really long story short the the week before i was supposed to get the surgery i came home from providence for summer vacation and my dad was like 
I don't know how else to tell you this, but you're not getting the surgery next week. Your doctor has been MIA for the past three months and no one at his practice knows where he is. So wow. it was like serendipitous. Yeah, I was like, exactly. It was a sign from above. And like, because people were like joking with me leading up to it and were like, you know, you're not Jared without your lazy eye. And I was like, I, I hope I am. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, like, it was just like, you know what? <laughs> like, yeah. all right, you know, I'll keep it. Let's just, we'll see how it goes. I don't know. Maybe when yeah. I'm like 30, 40, 50, and it looks really bad or you can't even see my pupil, like maybe then, but I don't know. Yeah. I'm good right now. I'm good. <laughs> I love it. What ended up happening to this doctor? That's crazy story. So obviously because of HIPAA laws, I was never told what exactly happened to him, but he was away from his practice for three months to the day. So my guess was like a rehab or something of that nature. And I hope to God he was okay and he's healed or feels better or whatever, but we didn't ask. And I also like, just didn't feel comfortable going back being like, yeah, you could touch my eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but Damn. Wow, that's crazy. Well, I think my, my, my other question was like, um, obviously you're done playing sports and I said, you have a job and, and you kind of do this on the side. I don't know if this is going to be a, a side hobby for you forever. Or this is something you kind of want to make into your, your main gig, but like what gets you up in the morning to attack this? this podcast not your not your real not your like main job who man you got some good questions i love this yeah. i love yeah. it um i think what gets me up in the morning and is or even just like when i'm on social media and see i want to go i, I want to have an interview with this person or i want to talk to this person i think it's like the fact that i may be talking to somebody that i have no idea about the space that they're in or i'm just not an expert on lacrosse on the team up north, you know, or how you call it. Yeah. So it's like, but I, I'm so excited to have a conversation where I get to learn more. And then the beauty yeah. of a podcast, getting the chance to share that with people is, is what gets me, gets me jazzed up to do this. And then the second part of that, I think is like, I, you know, I'm like, we talked about, I'm not the next Joe Rogan yet, but yeah. it is so sick and so rewarding to get the one or two DMs from a person that I haven't heard from in ages. And they're yeah. like, Hey, this interview with Mitchell Pelkey really spoke to me or something that you said in this episode. I really like that. And it's just like, yeah, you like, I don't know. You check like that. That's like the best feeling in the world. You check that serotonin, but like, it's just like, boom. <laughs> I know. I, I literally going back to what we talked about, before, like when I made my first video on March 5th, 2016, I remember going to school the next day and just seeing people laugh, like at yeah. the video, like yeah. being passed around school. And I was like, oh my God, somebody's laughing at something I created from, from nothing. Like that feeling is like untouchable. And like, I still like when my when video goes live on Tuesdays at five o'clock on my channel, like guys will watch it um, in the kitchen, like downstairs. And I, I just can't wait until they start laughing because it really brings joy to me. Like I truly love, like that's, you know, all of what I'm doing is to like make the viewer like more, more positive and impactful and laugh and just all around enjoy the experience. So I think that's awesome. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. That's why we do this thing. All right, Mitchell, I have one final question for you. We asked this of all of our guests. So I'm stoked to hear your answer here. It is a big, a little bit bigger of a question, kind of like the questions you asked me. So I feel like I'm returning the favor now, but at the end of the day, when it's all said and done and you have plenty more to do, plenty more to give to society, 
But at the end of the day, if you were to write your autobiography, what would be the title of it and why? What would be the title of it? We got the wheel spinning right now. <laughs> Wait, so what would be the title and what was the second part? What would be the title of your autobiography and why? Like why and why that title? Ooh. Oh. We're thinking. We're really thinking. He's looking around the room. He's thinking of, he's looking at things to give him some thoughts. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Hold on. It'd be about like. About I, you. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your, your biography. Yeah. Yeah. Like down the road, like when I die or like now. When you write the story of Mitchell Pelkey. It could be okay. the story from now. It could be the story at the end of the day, like whatever it is. How do you title the story of the, of Mitch Pelkey? I think I just say like, I don't know. This is going to sound so like cheesy, but like literally just like Mitchell Pelkey Mitchell Pelkey, a guy that brought happiness to your life. And I, I don't that. know. I think like when I, when I like inside the book, it would just be like, obviously my life, but like all the content and the stuff I've done, it's literally been to put a smile on people's face. And I think like I've said it before and I'll say it again, like laughter, I think is the cure to everything. And uh, like, even you telling that story of like your doctor bouncing, like I'm going to like, remember <laughs> that forever. <laughs> and like i think that's so funny it's like highlighting my day so i think like that would be it as cheesy as it sounds and i think obviously the book would go, go throughout my life but it's funny you say that too like a book is definitely something i want to write like years down the road and i think would be would be so cool but um i says yeah mitchell pelkey a guy that brought laughter into your life i love it i love yeah. it i love the yeah. answer I, I'm glad you you thought it all the way through. It doesn't have to be the, the final copy, just so you know. But yeah. and, <laughs> this has been an absolute blast, Mitchell. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm stoked to have you. Best of luck this season, and I'm sure this isn't the last time we'll be hearing from Mitch Pelkey. Absolutely, man. No, I just want to. I just want to thank you for giving me the opportunity. Obviously, without you know normal guy lazy eye podcast like we wouldn't be talking right now so i just want to say thank you very much uh, for that opportunity and best of luck to you and this definitely won't be the last time we're talking thanks man i'll talk to you soon so a big thank you to my brand new friend mitchell pelkey for coming on this week's show and sharing more about his story more about how we correctly define uh, the, the team up north. Thank you for that correction. I didn't know all the things that I now know about the Ohio State University. So a really, really fun interview. Wishing him all the best of luck here as the season is underway over at Ohio State Lacrosse. Uh, that does it for this week's episode. We will be back with your regular scheduled programming, weekly episodes, brand new guests, incredible stories to tell. 
be sure to go follow Mitchell on social. I'll leave links to all things Mitchell Pelkey in the description of this week's podcast. Go check out the brand new merch over at the Normal Guy Lazy Eye store. We'll put that in the description of this week's podcast. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Normal Guy Lazy Eye. That is it for all the shameless plugs. You guys are the best. Thank you guys so much for all the support, and I will see you all next week.